Hello, 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 everyone. And welcome back to the Dynasty Wonderland podcast. With me, your host, the Mad Chatter Ryan MK. I hope you've all been well. Thank you for joining. Don't forget to check out the social Twitter, Instagram, at RMK Madness. Check it all out. Check out my other podcast, Miscellaneous Debris, where you can just hear me talk about random stuffs. That's right. A little bit of ranting, raving. I like to laugh a little bit. I like to get a little serious. It's a good time. Check it out wherever you find this one. But I hope you've all been well. Pretty good here at the Madhouse MK. Although, I did this week, this past week, have my appointment, my nose appointment, to get my, you know, stuff, my issues checked out. Because in case you don't know, I have not one hole in my in my septum, which has the, the big bull ring. No, there is a second hole, a septal perforation in my nose. And it's causing some whistling. Well, it's not doing it right now. But, uh... <laughs> But it does cause some some noises and some weird stuff, and I get junk caught in the... It's terrible. So I went and saw the doctor, and I got to tell you, this doctor, I, I I didn't know whether to laugh at him or strangle him. I mean, in a way, I really appreciated his his personality, his demeanor, the way he handled everything. But it was also kind of weird, because my nose is a wreck. <laughs> so first of all, I explained to the nurse everything. And this is one thing I never understand about doctor's appointments. The nurse asks a bunch of questions. You give answers. She's writing them down, typing them down, something. But yet when the doctor comes in, it's the same fucking questions. Like, did you read the notes, doc? Because I already told your nurse. So the doc comes in. And I go through the same shit that I did with the nurse. And he puts some cotton balls in my nostrils. <laughs> it's got some stuff on there. So I'm sitting there breathing out my mouth, with that, which I hate doing. Waiting for this stuff to kick in. And then he pulls out a device. He's going to vacuum out my nose, clean it out so he can take a peek. And it's a very long, thin metal piece. It's 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 like... When you go to the dentist, the little water thing, it was like that, but straighter, and it didn't squirt water. It sucked, and it sucked all the crap out my nose. But it's sitting in there, in my nostril, pretty deep, and the doctor's like, don't move. Okay, I won't. You didn't need to say it. You got a giant metal thing pointed straight at my fucking brain. I'm not trying to go forward. You just worry about you. You don't move. You're old. Are your hands shaky? I'm a little worried here. They get done vacuuming out the nostrils, and then he pulls out the camera, the little scope. We're going to go in and look at your nose, and there's a TV on the wall. You can see it, and this is where the doctor gets excited. I'm not so excited. I don't need to see the train wreck that is my nose. I don't need to see the inside of that, but we're doing it anyway. It's going around. He's explaining things, and I don't mind mind that at all. I don't. At one point in time, I considered being a nurse, so I have medical college medical classes under my belt. So when they when doctors start talking in doctor, I, I can at least catch some of it because I have done some studying on it. So not everything sounds, you know, foreign to me. I, I I hear a lot of familiar stuff. So I do try and pay attention when the doctor talks because I feel like I might be able to understand a little bit of it. And 
So I was letting him go on and explain to, and here's where this is and that is, and and then he gets, oh, and here's your septal perforation. Oh, look at that. You can see to the other side of your nose. <laughs> yes. Yes, Doc. Yes, you can. I'm glad you're getting a kick out of this. So it was good times. Not a lot, it appears, they can do to fix stuff because on top of the septal perforation, I have a deviated septum. You ever had your nose broken, Mr. Markle Clap? Eh, a couple of times. So, deal with that. It's going to be a situation where I just have to manage this nose stuff for the foreseeable future. But we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it, it is what it is. Not that I'm fond of the idea of having to, you know, do nose management on a daily basis, but, but you got to do what you got to do, right? Otherwise, I've been enjoying the new Japan Cup. I'm excited for March Madness. BattleBots, the tournament just ended a couple of days ago. Endgame, vertical spinner bot, kids from New Zealand, really good bot, good crew. I enjoyed watching them all year. They took the giant nut. Whew, it was a good tournament. And again, I'll be talking a little bit more about that, a little more detail on my Miscellaneous Debris podcast, if you're at all interested. But we get to football. And free agency is on the horizon. Frad franchise tags have been placed or not placed. And there's some big names in free agency. It's really, there's a lot to discuss. It's a bit of a tall order. So today, I decided I'm going to, I'm going to, enlist some help. I'm going to get a friend. I'm going to get a buddy. And I'm going to bring him in to help us work through all this free agency crap, a free agency preview before we actually get into, you know, the period of time where they could start signing contracts. So I'm going to go get some assistance. Be right back. Okay. All right. All right. The assistance has arrived. The help has arrived. My friend, my fellow writer at playerprofiler.com. You can find him on Twitter at Aaron Aaron Stewart 09. The man, the myth, the gift that keeps on giving. Mr. Aaron Stewart, welcome. Welcome. Thank you for joining the mad little tea party we have going on here. Add chatter, Ryan. It is good to be a part of the tea party here. Yes. I'm loving it. What's going on, man? Not a damn thing. We're going to do this again. We're going to do it. For, for those who don't know, because I like to be full transparency here on, on the Dynasty Wonderland pod, we did this last night already. But due to technical issues, we'll leave it at that. We're doing it again. So hope you enjoy the second round. And it should be... Even better than the first. Let's hope. So, sorry, I, I like to be transparent with the people's Aaron. I don't like to edit and do the. No, I'm just going to tell you what's going on. Ryan has a shitty iPad. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the gist of it. That's the gist of So, So, before we get into the free agency chatter, a little quarterback talk. Because today, and this is a good thing we're re-recording, because... We would not have been able to talk about this. Cam Newton, Patriots. What are the thoughts, Aaron? Well, Cam Newton ticked me off this morning because we recorded last night. 
I had three awesome guesses at Indeed. who the Patriots are going to bring in at quarterback. I thought they're going to go with a one-year veteran stopgap there, a mm. bridge quarterback. And then I wake up this morning, Cam Newton signing a contract with the Patriots. Didn't see that coming, but he signed a one-year $14 million deal. So he's, he's back in New England. And I don't hate it. I don't. I was it. just caught off guard. Yes, <laughs> but with well, uh, with the contract, it's. I think my predictions are still one of my predictions is still on point. And Newton only signed a one year contract. He's not the long term answer here at quarterback for the right, Patriots. Right. And I looked at quarterbacks they've drafted since Tom Brady back in two thousand. And you start to notice a trend here with the, with the Patriots, with Bill Belichick. He's always looking at the future. Since 2011, he has drafted three quarterbacks in the second or third round. He's always been trying to find the, the next quarterback after Brady. Uh, mm. Most famously, 2014, Jimmy Garoppolo. I know a lot of people thought that that was going to be what the Patriots did. They were going to reunite with Jimmy Garoppolo. And since... 2016 was the last one they drafted Jacoby Brissett. That was a guy I thought they might go after, but I think in 2020 or sorry, 2021, there's a chance they go after a quarterback quarterback starts to drop in the draft. They mm -hmm. trade up, they get the guy, they ride with Newton this year. And then at some point in the middle of the season, we, we see this story all the time. Veteran quarterback team starts to struggle a little bit. You swap to the rookie quarterback and you never look back. Right. So it's an interesting one to, to, to watch here. I, I don't think Cam Newton is going to be like past 2021. I don't think he's going to be with the Patriots. Yeah. And he might not be with anybody. It'd be nice to see him have a bit of a resurgent year, especially with the cap space. They get him some weapons and it does seem like Bill genuinely loves Cam. Like it, it, it maybe loves as strong. It is Bill Belichick, but you know what I mean? He like, I've seen him praise Cam Newton and defend him in ways I didn't see with Tom Brady. And so that is a different kind of relationship. But I think he digs Cam Newton. We'll see what they can do this year. They should get him some damn weapons. But it does, you know, as much fun as we had talking about it last night, and what if they do get Jimmy G, and what are the better odds? I mean, this does make sense. They don't really have a ton of options. And, of course, they'll try and draft one. But unless they plan on playing him right away, it only makes sense to have someone in for a year. And why not Cam Newton? I mean, I, I don't hate it either. Now, now, we'll get it was good some... at the start of the season. Um, he, he from fantasy football, you know, he he was diagnosed with COVID early in the season after week three. But uh, he had two top six quarterback performances. I remember watching the Seahawks game. He he looked great in that game. Mm -hmm. I know the rest mm -hmm. of the season it was rough. We kind of we make fun of the pitiful passing stats that that he had. But can't forget he was we, out without Julian Edelman as well. But Edelman, yep. And with something called a Nikhil Harry, I, I don't even know if that's a receiver. It's <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Last offseason, I picked him up in a few leagues thinking, come on, Nikhil. Everybody's just down on you. Like, you got this. Man, he got some opportunity this year he did not capitalize on. I don't know what to say about this dude. He does not look good. It's unfortunate. He's one of those you just got to throw in the pile like, fuck. But I'm with you. 
We hope that the Patriots do something. They've got the cap space. They can absolutely get one of these really good receivers yes. that, that are entering free agency. Nikhil Harry, sorry, he's not the answer. I have ideas coming up. I have ideas oh, coming up for I, the Patriots. They I have some cap to... space. They have some cap. Anyway, Absolutely. anyway, okay. So, again, I could see it. It makes sense with Cam and the Patriots. What doesn't make sense to me, Aaron, is the Bears. I get why they would want a Russell Wilson, a Deshaun Watson. But why the Bears for those players? Why would those players want to go there? And if they're, I get they're trying to probably save their jobs. I imagine you have something about this. But they're going to have to give up a whole lot and then not be able to surround these quarterbacks. It just, it seems like a shitstorm. But it also seems like it's very likely that one of these motherfuckers ends up in Chicago. So give me some details on this. Give me some, like, what is going on here? Oh, I believe I've got the answers here, and you hinted at it. Why the Bears? It starts at the top. The general manager, Ryan Pace, the Sporting News 2018 Executive of the Year, because he finally had a winning season. I didn't know who won that. One winning season in six seasons as a GM. It's it's remarkable. Guys don't last this long in the NFL with those type of results. Um, we Usually. all know the story that he traded up from pick three to pick two to grab a quarterback named Mitchell Trubisky. And on the board was still Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. This type of mistake cost people their jobs mm-hmm. somehow ryan pace he's the cockroach of the nfl you can't get rid of him somehow he's able to screw up the quarterback position and i don't know if it's blackmail but they <laughs> he still has a job and it, in fact he is the 13th longest tenured gm in the nfl i took a look at the 12 guys that were ahead of him in terms of longer tenures as gms the top two guys, they're owners of the NFL teams. It's Jerry Jones with the Cowboys. It's Mike Brown of the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the owners aren't going to fire themselves, unfortunately. I say that as a Cowboys fan. A few of them should. The third guy is Bill Belichick, who is the only head coach that is also the GM. Because Bill O'Brien's no more in Houston. Thank goodness. <laughs> Now, the other GMs, I went and looked at all these guys. Five of those GMs have won Super Bowls. Three others have gone to the conference championship game. So if we're counting here, that's two owners, one Belichick, five (laughs) Super Bowl winners, and three conference championship games, that's 11. 11 of the 12 guys are accounted for in that stat. 11 of the 13, or sorry, 11 of the 12 GMs that have had longer tenures than Ryan Pace have at least been to the conference championship game. Ryan Pace, though, has won zero playoff games. Zero. It's it's unbelievable. Like the the other guy that didn't make it to the conference championship game at least won two playoff games. It's I don't know how Ryan Pace still has a job, but yeah. I believe the flames are, are heating up under his feet. 
because we've we've seen some of these news here that the Bears are going to trade multiple draft picks to get right. Russell Wilson, to get Deshaun Watson, to get a quarterback. Because Ryan Pace knows if he screws this up one more time, he's done. Like they can't mm-hmm. they can't go and re-sign Mitchell Trubisky and bring him back. Oh, they will fire. They won't fire Ryan Pace. Bears fans will murder him. But. <laughs> It's unfortunate as, I as, share the same first name as him. God damn it. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm so continue sorry. On, continue oh, on. man. But I had to check your last name to make sure I wasn't joining the Ryan Pace podcast. No, yeah, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> but not, not, fans, not an ounce of cockroach blood in me, I do believe. Oh, thank goodness. But, you know, fans fans get a little hesitant when it comes to trading away future draft picks, multiple first-rounders, because they they go, if this doesn't pan out, we got nothing to show. And I get the hesitation, but guess what? Ryan Pace does not care. Matt Nagy, he does not care. If they don't win this season, they're both gone. Now, hopefully, with Chicago, hopefully, hopefully. But with Chicago, I took a look between Chicago, Seattle, and Houston. So I want to kind of compare these teams and their pass attempts in particular. So starting with Seattle, since 2018, here's how they've ranked in pass attempts in the NFL. 2018, 32nd, dead last. They improved to 23rd. And then this past season, we let Russ cook, and they finished 17th in pass attempts, not even in the top half. That's frustrating. It's so frustrating because we know how good he is. And in particular, 2018, like you've got Russell Wilson, you paid him, and you're still handing the ball off to Chris Carson. The Houston Texans – they draft Deshaun Watson in that 2017 draft. Like they got the right quarterback decision. Ryan Pace did not. Now, right. since Deshaun Watson has been with the Houston Texans, four seasons, their best ranking in pass attempts was 20th. They they finished as low as 27th. They fit <laughs> once again maddening. We know Deshaun Watson's one of the best quarterback talents in the NFL. And what do they do? They hand the ball off to Carlos Hyde. David Johnson up the middle because that works. Now, the Chicago Bears, since 2018, they were 24th in pass attempts. They had a really good defense. That was how they were winning games. Hmm. And then they improved to 14th and then 8th in pass attempts. So we're seeing at least a positive trend in Chicago. We saw a a positive trend in Seattle, but they still never got to the top half. And Houston, well, they're just all over the place. Right. So why would Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson want to go to Chicago? They'll they'll at least open up the playbook and let these guys pass. And the other thing is just it's it's management. Management knows like the the agents for Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson know that the Bears are going to want a quarterback upgrade. Right. So they're using them as trade leverage. I gotta tell you. Opening up the playbook, I get. And the, the amount they'd be able to give up. And I, I guess a little bit of admiration for one Ryan Pace for the cockroachness in him for being able to survive this fucking long, I suppose. It's impressive. I, 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 okay, okay. I, I see it a little bit. I, I still, if I'm Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson, I'm not Chicago. But that's just me. <laughs> That's just that sounds like a mess. That doesn't sound all that much better than where they're at. And and it's fucking cold, man. It's fucking cold. And 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 yeah. <laughs> Chicago. Don't don't go to the Bears. Don't go to the Bears. <laughs> but I get it. I get it. I 
because more than likely one of them's going to end up there. And they yeah. probably won't be that bad because a quarterback like that can do wonders. And hey, they're keeping Allen Robinson, tagging him. Yes. So, you know, you mentioned, I think when we recorded this yesterday, that's got to mean something too. If they were going to do that, they had to have some inclination. They're going to get a quarterback upgrade, I would think. And so, yeah, it's just looking more and more like Chicago is going to be one of the spots to get one of these guys. And it'll be fascinating to watch it all unfold. Everything's lining up. I'm, I'm with you. I don't know which guy it's going to be, but you follow the, the news and everything, and everything just makes sense. Chicago's going to be the team that does something drastic. You yeah. can bank on it. Houston was smart. They'd get in on that right away instead of <laughs> continuing to phone. dick around <laughs> like they're doing. Anyway, anyway. So I also know you have a piece coming out. Did it come out today? It came out today. It came yeah. out today. I was too busy to even check. Out today. Aaron's article on Dak's contract. Give us just a little taste of that, if you will, please, Sir Aaron. I'll give a little bit of a taste here. So I break down Dak's contract here you we all got the tweets there it was a four-year 160 million dollar contract like holy moly Dak mm. prescott got paid we didn't think we'd see the day now one of the interesting things about his contract is that it's it's technically it's a six-year contract um Dak's only going to play four years and, and the reason for that is the final two years of the contract are void years and that's exactly how it sounds the contract is going to void after the fourth year. So for Dak Prescott, that's excellent news. He'll be 31 years old. That's still really young for a franchise quarterback, still going to be in his mm-hmm. prime. He's going to get another massive payday. That contract he signs at that point may be a four-year, $200 million contract. It's well done, Dak Prescott. Now, what right. does that mean for the Cowboys is those void years are actually a nice little feature for the Cowboys front office to adjust their salary cap because one of the questions I think the casual sports fans have is they know that Dak Prescott had a gruesome broken ankle. It was a compound fracture. That is not, that is one of the worst fractures you can get. Yeah. So people go, he has a broken leg. Why, why are we spending uh, uh why are we giving him a four year contract? Why not give him franchise tag? I mean, the Cowboys did that last year so why why not a second franchise tag and and the answer is the salary cap is a bitch (laughs) the cowboys came in they had projected 14 million dollar cap room and the the second franchise tag when you get tagged for a second straight season your salary is going to be 120 percent of what your tag was last year. So last year, Dak Prescott, he played for about $31 million and 120%. I'm rounding here. It was going to be $38 million. Mm. You only have $14 million in cap room. You have to come up with $24 million somewhere else. It wasn't feasible. Like it, the Cowboys did not have the flexibility to tag him again. Um, Now, when we look at that contract he, that he signed, and, and on average, we say, oh, it's like $40 million. Well, since it's going across six seasons, yes, he's only going to play four seasons, that, that cap hit, that per season, is going to be closer to about 
$27 million. And in fact, that first year in 2021, his cap hit is $22 million. So a lot better than paying $38 million. Right. Because that's $60 million you now have. They've already restructured some contracts. They have So they have successfully locked up Dak Prescott, and they now have a little bit of cap room. Mm-hmm. So good job for Dak. And that those void years we're starting to see in more and more contracts because, in fact, he wasn't the only quarterback to sign an extension with void years. There was the big news today. Mr. Tom Brady, the GOAT, the Super Bowl, defending Super Bowl champion, this he signed fucking... a nice little extension. Yes, he did. <laughs> Mr. That may be the nicest Tom thing Brady. he's been called. Yeah. <laughs> signed a nice little extension, did he, Mr. Tom Brady? And with this extension, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can get all the avocado ice cream for all the Buccaneers Mm -hmm. players. It saves them a pretty penny. We don't have the contract details. We just have an Adam Schefter tweet. But we know that with this extension, it's going to save the Tampa Bay Buccaneers $19 million in cap room, which is amazing for them. They have so many free agents. We we know that we're going to be talking about Chris Godwin. He got tagged. But they had a... A pass rusher, Shaquille Barrett, that he's a free agent, and it was kind of shocking they didn't tag him. I was like, well, they don't have enough cap room to tag Godwin and and keep Barrett since right. they also kept Levante David. But now with this extension, they may very well keep the pass rusher, and that would be huge. The, the truth about the Super Bowl is that it's the pass rush of Tampa Bay that was yep. the real MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick Mahomes was running for his life. Um, he's got to get used to that in 2021 as well because they decided they could have screw having tackles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so well, it's Tom funny. Brady's extension was it it's a it's on the paper, it's it's a four-year extension, but three of those four years are voidable years. So mm. he, it's really a one-year extension. And the same thing with Dak's contract, the way it's gonna work is the cap hit is gonna be spread out over the entire length of the contract, including those voidable years. Yes, Tampa Bay, they'll have to they'll have to pay the man eventually, but as long right. as you're winning Super Bowls, it doesn't matter. Yep. 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 And as much as I crap on Tom Brady, I mean, it does sound like him to take a f- team-friendly deal, which, I mean, really is the smartest way to go as a quarterback because the more money the team has, the more help they can surround you with, you know? Absolutely. Plain and simple. But okay, so we got through quarterbacks. That's some of the bigger news. We go into some free agency chatter. And I'm going to begin with running backs. Well, really, the running back. There's a few names worth mentioning, but as I might mention again later, some of these guys that just you worry with the younger running backs, rookies coming in, if some of these guys are going to even be able to get jobs, maybe it'll be down the line. But we begin with Mr. Aaron Jones, another A.A. Ron. I love it. Great first name. Yes. And uh, clearly, Ryan, not, not on the same level when you, you got Sorry, a, Ryan. When you yeah. got a Mr. Pace out there, uh, <laughs> and, unless you're a fan of cockroaches, of course. But Aaron Jones, when I saw that he didn't get tagged, the first thing I thought of was, man, he would be fun in Atlanta. But then, then I look at the salary cap situations for teams, and I'm like, oh, what's that? Yeah, it's not happening for Atlanta. No, there's no way. Atlanta is fucked. So, 
I'm looking through the teams. Miami's out there. Apparently there's a mutual interest per rumor. That seems like it would be okay, but it, I kind of like Miles Gaskin. And I like Miles Gaskin too. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got the Jets. Could they pull another Le'Veon Bell type signing and hope this one goes better, which I think it would. But when I think about it, because people, a lot of people have suggested the Bills, and they're not in great, a great cap situation. But I look at a team that's not much better than the Bills, but about $4 million more in cap space than the Bills, and that would be the Arizona Cardinals. Now, if they can pull this off, I think it would be phenomenal. Chase Edmonds, I love the dude, but he'll still have a role. Will we get to see him with, as a bell cow back? No. But who's to say he's actually going to excel in that? Although he has looked good, don't get me wrong. But if they've got the opportunity to bring in Aaron Jones to that offense, that's a no-brainer to me. And that would be fun for football and, and, and fun for fantasy. So that's what I'm rooting for. What are your thoughts on Mr. Aaron Jones? Uh, well, I love that pairing in Arizona. I own Kyler Murray in Dynasty. I would, and, and that's that's just a fun offense, you know. DeAndre mm. Hopkins, and as you mentioned, that backfield, that backfield can coexist because you line both guys up in the backfield, put one guy in motion, and change up who goes in motion each time. You keep defenses on the, on their toes there. But my bold prediction for Aaron Jones is the Jacksonville Jaguars. <gasps> I said it. I uh oh, James Robinson fans are going to come after me. Hear me out. The Jacksonville Jaguars have the most cap space in the NFL. And if you're a running back, your, your job in free agency is to somehow secure those elusive, big, multi-year money contracts. And the Jaguars have already been on record saying, we're going to spend, we've got all this cap space. We're going to spend this cap space. Is it the right move? If I'm running a team, no, I, I actually prefer kind of like what the Colts do with their cap space. They use it to keep their own. The Jacksonville, they're, that, this is what they do. They, they go and spend big money on free agents, and they'll be maybe good for a couple of seasons, but they never think big picture here. So they've, they've also said that they are looking for a compliment to James Robinson and Aaron Jones would be in that offense. When we're going to say Trevor Lawrence is there at quarterback, you have DJ Chark, extremely fast, the vertical threat in the offense, LaVisca Chenault. We all know that Josh Larkey loves Chenault. I love LaVisca Chenault. That I do guy, too. I, I, I want to see him body some defensive backs. It may be a little bit of uh fantasy gm here for me to put aaron jones there but my goodness that would be a lot of fun to watch as well yeah i mean they could definitely do it and i think it would go great but it would break my heart for james robinson <laughs> it truly would but i i guess in my opinion all that from the jaguar says more to me hey we got shit else behind james robinson we're going to bring somebody in. Now, the, the word competition was used, but that's been used several times before. That does isn't necessarily a death knell on, the, on Mr. Robinson. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I can't wait to see where Aaron Jones goes. But some of these other running backs, 
Leonard Fournette, Duke Johnson, Marlon Mack, Kenyon Drake. He got Todd Gurley still floating out there. Chris Carson, J- James Conner, I guess. <laughs> like, I, and I, I try not to knock on him. Cancer survivor, seems like an awesome dude. But uh, never a big fan of him as far as fantasy goes. And now I just, a lot of these guys, I just like James Conner. I just can't see much else coming from them. The rest of their careers, maybe, maybe a couple of these guys, and it sucks because I love Marlon Mack, but the injury contract situation, he's probably going to a new team after dealing with his, you know, like it's just a recipe for not a great next year. And then he's starting to hit that age where I've talked about it plenty. I've talked about it in my articles on the last podcast where running backs after the age of 26, they just don't produce at that top level in fantasy. If you want a RB1, you got to get him 26 and under. That's just what you got to do. And so a lot of these guys hitting that age. So what are your thoughts? Are there any of those guys that you could kind of see doing a little something over the next couple of years? Right landing spot, whatever the situation may be. Any thoughts there? Yeah, it's this is a tough free agency in general because the since the salary cap's been introduced in 1994, it's only the second time it's ever decreased from one season to the next thanks mm. to COVID, um, and, and with less money to spend, Aaron Jones is going to be the guy that's going to get his big multi-year contract, and with the rest of these running backs, the one that makes the most sense of getting a uh, the next biggest contract would be Chris Carson, but I know there was kind of some injury concerns there. I, I could see Chris Carson going to the New York jets uh, that running mm. back that they need to bring in. They will bring in one of, one of the better running backs in free agency. And they, that's, that's a team. If running backs want to get paid and the jets are positioned to have a need for a starting running back and plenty of cap space to go sign them. I, I think they've, Learn their lesson with Le'Veon Bell. You're not going to sign that type of contract. Maybe, maybe a two-year deal. We we saw Jordan Howard last year in Miami get a two-year, ten million dollar deal, like mm. five million a year. I, I I could see a deal like that for Chris Carson. Maybe a two-year contract, five to six million uh, for him. Hey, with the Jets, makes sense. All the other running backs, Michael P. Ryan, Ty Johnson. Ty Johnson kind of flashed a little bit, but these, those Hmm. are backup caliber running backs. Those are not guys that you want to put in first and second down. Um, So Chris Carson to the jets makes sense. Need money. And Chris Carson, he was a seventh round rookie pick. He hasn't gotten paid. He hasn't got paid diddly squat. Like he's been very fantasy relevant, but his four-year contract, paid him just over two million in total he will absolutely go wherever the money is and the jets are positioned to be there with the need and the cap space to make it happen yeah yeah something needs to be done about those contracts too you've heard me my spiel on this but it just it's it just doesn't seem right to me they come into the nfl unlike any other position they just get that workload and the volume and they run their bodies into the ground those first few years in the league so that by the time it comes for contract time to actually get paid you know you're asking for people to pay you for past performance because at that point you're not performing at the same fucking level and it's just you mentioned Gurley 
you mentioned Gurley and it's a swift fall from grace. Right. You know, you go from two years ago in dynasty being kind of the consensus number one overall pick in dynasty. Cause he's this dynamic running back. And two years later, he's washed and he's mm. 26 years old. He, he shouldn't be. And I hate it. All those knee injuries back in his Georgia days, yeah. along with the wear and tear playing in the NFL. Um, yeah. I, I hope Gurley for just for his sake that he can go make money somewhere, but I don't, <laughs> my best guess on where he goes is he goes to Detroit. They hired, they hired a, a Rams front office guy to be their GM. Mm. What was the first move he made? He goes and trades for Jared Goff. Like, Hey, why right. not bring back another Rams player? <laughs> not to steal a lot of work from Deandre Swift. I love Swift, but right. we also know that teams need to have a capable backup running back because I don't want to see Swift run 20 plus times every single game mm. and then become the next Todd Gurley. Cause he's banged up. I want Swift to play as long as he can. He's fun to watch. Right. And I'm with you. And that's it. I was going to mention before we moved on to the receivers, the Ravens. And this is a perfect segue into the Ravens because just like that, J.K. Dobbins, you look at him, some people worried now because of the second round tender on Gus Edwards. And which, as we know, is a big deal if they're going to throw a second round tender on him. So that mm-hmm. means something. Gus Edwards likely going to be there next year. And so people are freaking out. I say, hey, Enjoy the price drop because this does again, it's the same thing with when we talk about Aaron Jones. If he were to go to Arizona and chase Edmonds, like there is room for a second guy to have a role. It, 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 there's no reason to panic. In the, in, the, in the words of Mr. Aaron Rodgers, another AA Ron, man, there's a lot of them, aren't they? R E L A X. Oh, that was smooth. That was smooth. You're (laughs) right. The Ravens backfield in particular, the Ravens are like no other team in the NFL. They, they have built this brilliant offense for Lamar Jackson that focuses on read option plays and they run the ball a lot. If you look on player profiler with uh, Gus Edwards here, the game script, it's a plus 5.42. It's number one in the league. Mm. And he's, he's a, He's a good runner. He averaged 4.8. He averaged 4.8 yard true yards per carry, which discounts those breakaway runs that he was actually able to, to produce at a high rate. Mm. I don't have the the exact number, but I know he was fit. He finished top 20 in the NFL amongst all running backs and breakaway run rate. Uh, That 4.8 yards of true yards per carry is number seven in the NFL. He's a good runner. Now he's a absolute non-factor in the passing game, but one of, one of the things like there is Baltimore values, Gus Edwards. Mm -hmm. And clearly one of those reasons is when he's on the field and due to his lack of uh, receiving abilities or displayed receiving abilities, Mm. just in case Gus Edwards listens to this, (laughs) <laughs> wants to fight me and you know, I, I it's displayed you know sure you can you can catch the ball i i believe in you gus edwards but he faced 7.3 average defenders in the box that was number four fourth most average defenders in the box mm. and the interesting thing with him is that he actually did better against these stacked boxes than he did whenever there was less guys in the box uh, it's very strange in terms of yards per carry 
a guy that's running straight up the middle should have more success when there's less guys. Mm. Gus Edwards, it's kind of the like the Derrick Henry effect. Derrick Henry, if you watch him in games, he'll he may start slow, but man, by that third, fourth quarter, he's just killing these defenses because yeah, he's a battering it's, cra- it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And Gus the bus being a battering ram, absolutely. The Baltimore values him. Mm. The the price on on the tender for restricted free agents that was brilliant on him because none none of these teams are going to give a second round pick for Gus Edwards because right. why give a second round pick when you could draft Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, who gained about twenty pounds before the mm. before his pro day. Uh, so it's it's very safe. He is going to be in Baltimore. I think the thing to watch is does Baltimore maybe work out a multi-year extension with Gus Edwards? If you're right. a Dobbins fan at that point, you may not be too happy with that because Edwards is just good enough to take away a little bit more of the work than you want for Dobbins. But if you're if you're in a dynasty league and the Dobbins, the Dobbins owner is freaking out about this, capitalize on that. Absolutely. Right. And I don't know if it'll go that far, but it definitely could see a little bit of a drop in ADP and drafts and things like that just from that news. Because I think there was a lot of folks and, hey, I was one of them that thought Ingram out the door, uh, Edwards, maybe they, he goes out the door. This is J.K. Dobbins show. And then people take Gus Edwards coming back as a sign, a bad sign for Dobbins. I'm with you. I don't think so, but let's pay attention to how that moves along. Moving on to the wide receivers, we mentioned Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson getting tagged. And that leaves quite a few free agent wide receivers this year. Now, you got some veterans out there. You're Sammy Watkins, T.Y. Hilton, Emmanuel Sanders, some of these guys. And again, like with running backs, I worry about the job security for some of these guys. Again, in a year where the cap space is going to be lower, we've We've talked about that before. Maybe we haven't on this pod. That was probably last night. But anyway, you know, with that going on and again, these rookies coming in and being able to make an impact on these cheaper contracts, there's a lot of reasons to not want to go out and spend a bunch of money. So those guys I'm a little weary about. And you could talk a little bit about them if you want, but I've got some ideas for some of these big names. Now we mentioned... New England, I think they should take some of that cap space. They need to get Kenny Galladay. And I I was going to say either one of the two, but I would say any one of the three, actually, I'm going to change it to Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, or Kyle Rudolph. One of those three, because I believe Rudolph can still play. It was just his time to go in Minnesota. He's making too much money. Irv Smith was ascending. There was a, not a need for him anymore. And not to mention, I'm going to space his damn name now. What's the backup tight end on Minnesota now? Tyler Conklin. Yes, thank you. He's been yeah, making yeah. waves, okay? Yeah. So I think they feel confident in him as their second tight end. There was no need for Kyle Rudolph. But maybe in New England, you bring in a Kenny Galladay, a Kyle Rudolph, something like that. This could be really big. If they wanted to get crazy, how about a Will Fuller, too? So I think New England could be, and it's crazy because they're normally not. 
the Patriots. They're normally one of those teams that sits back and wait till after free agency, and, you know, until it starts to wind down and they get discount players. But I think this year they really need to help Cam out, and I hope they do because they got the Absolutely. cap space to do it. And so those are a couple I look at. And Will Fuller, really, I looked at him and, and some of the teams, and I was like, I think he should go anywhere in the AFC East. Anywhere with in Will, the AFC East. Buffalo. With, with Will Fuller, I agree. <laughs> I think I'll, it I'll let be, you finish with the AFC East. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it, it, any one of those teams, I think he would be awesome as that deep threat for Josh Allen to replace John Brown. For Miami, that needs weapons. For the Jets, they got Mims. They got Crowder. They're not going to bring back Perryman, likely. Bring in Will Fuller. You know what I mean? And then, of course, the Patriots, as I mentioned. So those are like my top two guys. But, but, but I have this one. And this is maybe my favorite one. But I really, really like the idea of Juju Smith-Schuster to the L.A. Chargers. You put him with Keenan Allen. You still got Mike Williams there. But as we've seen, he hasn't quite lived up to some of the expectations people had for him but still okay okay to have there but I think Justin Herbert you give him another stud receiver that offense could be amazing and he could really excel in his second year and they've got some cap space I think Juju Juju's still awfully young and I think he's really really ready to prove himself after you know kind of being anointed the guy after AB left and then and then you know I lost my train of thought. <laughs> that happens well, sometimes. I should. I don't have my damn train wreck noises ready to play. I should have had those ready. I should have known <laughs> well, it was going to happen and if eventually. I may, yeah, go uh, ahead. Let, let me assist a little bit here because I, I like the players you talked about, and and I want to add on to to a couple of these things, and we'll and we'll start with the most recent one with Juju Smith Schuster. I will say this is the first I've heard about the Los Angeles Chargers, and hmm. you know one of the things that kind of makes sense is. What's Juju known for that kind of gets him in trouble is uh, his personality, TikTok. It's, right. It seems a little Hollywood-like. Mm-hmm. So it, it, his personality would be great Los in Los Angeles. It fits Los Angeles. And I will say, I'm disappointed in myself. I've looked at, at so many teams. I've focused on a cap space that I have. I've totally missed Los Angeles. They snuck up on me. I didn't realize <laughs> just how much cap space they had. Yeah, they right. got quite a bit. They are, according to track here, they are number five. They mm-hmm. have $41 million cap room. That's enough room to sign Juju and get whatever other free agents they, they want. Right. And, and, and you're right. Like with Justin Herbert, you've got your franchise quarterback. We all know that when you've got your franchise quarterback on the rookie contract, you go get him weapons, get him weapons, get him weapons because <laughs> you can afford them. So you can afford right. and, and Juju, you also mentioned he's young. He's 24 years old. That's insane. That's insane. I know. He's played. People don't seasons. understand that. They don't yeah. understand that. He's he's younger <laughs> than uh, I, he may be younger than one of the one of the top rookie guy or not top guys. But I hear a lot of hype about Dwayne Eskridge. And mm. I think Juju's actually younger than this guy. That's so insane. With, with the Chargers. Clearly, Tyrone Johnson, Jalen Guyton, those are not 
that was those were the number two and number three receivers when right. Mike Williams was out. Uh, you know, you got Keenan Allen. I, it, I guess the question becomes: Can can, can Keenan Allen and Juju can they can they coexist? Um, they they seem to kind of be similar type players, but mm. honestly, I say you know that's that's up to the coaches have to make it work. And Herbert has got the arm to to make this work. Right, I'm on board with that with, with the Chargers, and, and if not that. The Vegas favorite, and I take it with a pinch of salt, but I like watching these, especially when there's a big difference, is not too far away from Los Angeles. The Las Vegas Raiders are the Vegas favorite. And John Gruden, John Gruden, oh my goodness. I I recently, a little sneak peek here. I'm covering the Las Vegas Raiders and the player profiler uh, team previews. So I've, I've done some research there. It's been a bleak three years there and getting a flash, a flashy signing. This is what the Raiders do. They throw a bunch of money in free agency. And then when it, when it fails, they move on. <laughs> they try to get the next guy. Mm-hmm. So Juju fits what the Raiders tend to do in free agency. So I see Raiders chargers. They make great they, they, they make a lot of sense. I think they'd be great um, for Juju to go to. Uh, Will Fuller, when you mentioned the AFC East, my, my number one team that I think he goes to is the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. It's, stick with me on this one. No, I'm with you. So the Dolphins have been a team that's been in quarterback trade talks with a certain Houston Texan quarterback. Deshaun Watson. Mm. Could this be a package deal? They use their cap space. They sign Will Fuller. They trade Tua along with the draft picks. They bring Deshaun Watson. I like this. You got Watson. You've got Fuller. Oh, I like this. And and even if they don't trade for for Watson, I I still believe that Will Fuller on the Miami Dolphins makes sense because one of the things that they do, it kind of went under the radar but they signed Antonio Callaway last year. Mm. He was on the team for a little bit. He never did much, but Antonio Callaway, which was a guy that had so much promise. Yeah. But he's a knucklehead. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was not a professional, and that's what got him out of the NFL for, for a little bit. But the Dolphins were the team that gave him a, a chance to rebuild his NFL career. And for young mm. players, like when I say knucklehead, I, I don't mean that in a bad way. Like sometimes players are young, they're young, dumb, mm. and they're going to learn lessons. And Will Fuller, of course, has the a ped suspension. He's going to be he's going to miss the first game of the season. But the Dolphins have shown they're not afraid to take risk on players that might have a question mark by uh, by their name. Yes, and, and if and if not the Dolphins, the Jets, just because they have a ton Money. of cap room. <laughs> yeah, and. And Jamison Crowder can't be, he can't be your top receiving option. It just doesn't work. Uh, I have no. no idea what they're going to do at quarterback, but whatever they do at quarterback, at least you could say we've got Will Fuller. I still like Denzel Mims. Like Me those too. two guys on the outside. Oh, awesome. And then if I may, there's one receiver that we didn't talk about that there is so many possibilities with, and that's Curtis Samuel. Real yes. quick. I want to hit on three teams that there are connections and I'd be willing to put money. He's going to land on one of these teams. One is we're already talking about the AFC East. How about he goes to the new England Patriots mm. where Cam Newton, his former Carolina Panthers quarterback is That's there. A good one. And we saw last off season, the Patriots did bring in a former Panthers receiver. Fortunately, 
Damier Bird is not really that great. He's a decoy. He's a decoy. That's yeah. that's his role. He's a better NFL player than he is a fantasy receiver. Second straight season that the Patriots go and bring in a Panthers receiver that Cam Newton's familiar with. I'm on board with that. Uh, the other two, one Washington football team. There is a connection there as well. Ron Rivera, of course, the former mm-hmm. Panthers coach, and they've got Terry McLaurin. But if you look at the depth chart behind McLaurin, it it's a mess. It's a mess. I don't. Yes. I I know the guys on the depth chart. I don't know who the number two guy is. I, and I believe the answer is none. None. Yeah. So you bring in Curtis Agreed. Samuel, who is a perfect complimentary guy. He showed last year in the Panthers offense as the number three receiver that he could be productive. And Antonio Gibson and Curtis Samuel are there two hybrid running back receivers like that would be that would be two fun players to have on washington i would be on board with that oh yeah it paints me as a cowboys fan but I, that i am on board with with samuel to washington football the washington football team that would be awesome the third one jacksonville jaguars talked about they're gonna spend a ton of cap space we all right. love chenault or some of us do and so it's kind of eh, kind of iffy there uh I'm a fan. So, and DJ Chark is there, but the entire backup receivers, they're all free agents. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's a depth chart that has to be rebuilt. And with all this cap room, you're going to bring in Trevor Lawrence. Why not bring in Curtis Samuel? Because Jaguars head coach, Urban Meyer, Ohio state head coach. That's where Curtis Samuel came from. He knows Curtis Samuel. There's going to be a need at receiver. Samuel's going to be a fun guy to watch because there's all these teams that have cap space and needs for four wide receiver. And Curtis Samuel has all these ties here. I'm willing to bet money. One of those three teams is where he's going to going to land on. I like it. I actually have one for you for Curtis Samuel before we move on to tight ends. And that would be the Cleveland Browns. Now, this isn't anything with ties or anything like that, but I'm looking at it. They're okay on cap space, if I remember, and I look at it this way. I really like the ceiling for Baker Mayfield in 2021. He is going so late in super flex startups, and to me, compared to the rest of the quarterback. And I love him next year. I think he really took a step up next year. I think they're going to get their stuff together. Maybe they trade Odell Beckham. Maybe they don't. But Jarvis is going to do him his thing. They need to get someone dynamic in there to help Baker out. Curtis Samuel, I think, would be perfect. And even if they did keep Odell Beckham, okay, then you got Odell, Jarvis, Curtis. That could be really fun. So I think that's a sneaky landing spot if if the Browns happen to be looking to go that route to add an additional receiver, which again, I think they should. Certainly. And one quick thing, I'm not going to mention specific veteran uh, receivers, but just with the way the salary cap is, just like I mentioned with running backs, salary cap is kind of weird. And so I think you're going to see a lot of these veteran guys. And I'll just uh, rapid fire here. You know, Emmanuel Sanders, <laughs> Marvin it. Jones, uh, Golden Tate, if he's got anything left in, in the tank, Sammy Watkins, kind of the same thing. I know last year he considered retiring, but I think you're going to see all those receivers sign one year contracts. Um, 
a team is going to get a bargain uh, right. at, at receiver. If they're patient, you know, they may miss out. If they miss out on like their top two or three guys, if they're patient, they're going to get a solid veteran receiver on a cheap one-year contract. It's it's going to be interesting to watch. The, this game of musical chairs, we, we see it in free agency. Mm-hmm. There's always somebody, a player or two at a position that just because they don't, they're not the top guy at their position or they just, they wait too long, man, that cap space, even though it's lower than it, than it's, than it was last year, like if the cap space is still going to go fast, teams are going to spend money. So right. watch those, watch those veterans that we didn't really talk too much about, but those guys are going to sign one year deals. And, and oh, yeah. I know we, we mentioned Galladay, um, Galladay with the Patriots. I think another team just real quick, New York giants, they, mm-hmm. they, their receivers they have there are guys you would prefer to be maybe your number two or number three. Galladay's an, an alpha. So yeah. if not the Patriots, Giants is a team that has an opening. I like that because I, honestly, I really like Sterling Shepard. And mm-hmm. I didn't think it at all we'd be talking about him, so I don't have the numbers in front of me. But he did some good things last year when he was on the field. He dealt with some injuries and stuff, and really that's the worry with him in the history of concussions and things like that. So that's the worry with him. But when he's healthy and playing, he does a lot of good things. Not quite on the level of a number one, but that would definitely be an interesting pairing to see Shepard and Galladay, and then you can have Slayton running deep routes. I like it. So... Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I like – and some of those veterans I'm sure we'll get to once we do some post-free agency discussion. Absolutely. Because a lot of them will get signed. and You know, even, even some of them that don't get signed will probably get signed at some point. Inevitably, injuries occur in training camp, preseason. There's, guys are always getting signed. So it's just something to monitor, and we'll talk about, uh, you know, more of that in post-free agency discussion. And so we'll move on to the tight ends. And you heard some of my thoughts. I feel like one of these, you know, top free agent tight ends is going to end up in New England. But there is also a couple of draft picks from last year, Dalton Dalton Keene. And why is the other one slip? You know. I, I got you. It's Devin Asiasi. Thank it's you. such a fun name to say. <laughs> I know. That's Devin why Asiasi. I was like, why am I spacing on the funner name? What is going on here? <laughs> But so they, they, you know, there's still time. We know tight ends, they don't, they don't hit early on like other positions. It takes a little more time for them to develop. But I think one of them could end up there. But I also, before we get to your thoughts, would I like for both Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry, I would like to see one of them end up in New England and the other one end up in Indianapolis with Carson Wentz and this revamping Colts offense, give him a legit stud tight end because Carson Wentz, we know, likes the fucking tight end, man. He's like the Phillip Rivers in that way. So send one of these motherfuckers. I'd say send Henry to New England, Janu to Indy. That's how I would do it. And then they're set, the both teams set at tight end. And then Rudolph... Because I mentioned him so much with New England, really my personal opinion, uh, 
you know, having watched a lot of Vikings games in my time and and seeing always, always ex-Vikings players flocking to a particular team. And this team also tends to take on a lot of old tight ends. And that's right, I'm talking about the Seattle Seahawks. So I could see Kyle Rudolph landing with the Seattle Seahawks because they love pilching fucking ex-Vikings players that are old. And that's what I got for you. <laughs> gotcha. Well, it, I was sitting there, I was listening to you talk about Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, and I agree with you. I want one of these guys to go to New England. We want the other one to go to the to the Indianapolis Colts. Yes. Except I've got them flipped. I've got Johnny Smith going to the New England Patriots and Hunter Henry to the Colts. And I'd be okay with that. And, and people that follow me on Twitter, they know my love. For one, Mr. Jonu Smith. Oh, the Jonu man. That's Maybe right. irrational love for Jonu Smith, but he is my <laughs> favorite tight end. He is so much fun to watch. He's so good. It ticks me off because last season he averaged 19.6 routes per game. That was number 32 in the NFL yeah, amongst that, tight ends. That's a there, We mentioned Tyler Conklin earlier, the third string tight end for the for the Vikings, he ran more routes per game than John U. Smith. Free John U. Smith. Reason I'm picking the New England Patriots is I have a quote here from Bill Belichick. A little over a year ago, it was, this was a tweet from Doug Kayed. I butchered that name. I'm so sorry. That's okay. I like where this is going. Doug follows the New England Patriots. And in his tweet, he has Belichick quote as saying that John U. Smith is probably the best tight end in the league after the catch. My debut article for Player Profiler talks about how good after the catch Jonu Smith is. If he goes to New England, I'm ecstatic because, I mean, I know they've got a tight end already in the kill Harry. Oh, oh, oh he's a receiver? Oh, I, I always forget because he's not good at catching. So with – Edelman up to this point, he hasn't proven good at much of all at all. I, like, I, it's a, I know it's so disappointing with Nikhil Harry. Yes. But with John o. Smith, if he goes to new England, even if they bring in a receiver, which I expect them to like, one of the good things is John o. Smith could be at least the number two option there in Tennessee. All these years, he's, he had AJ Brown. It was a run heavy team. And then he, him and Corey Davis kind of went back and forth between who was the number two option. But here in New England, if if they don't, let's say they don't get Galladay, let's say maybe they get Curtis Samuel. Hey, Chano Smith could be the number one option there. Curtis mm. Samuel, love him. He's more of kind of a number two guy than a number one. Right. But with Hunter Henry and the Colts, whoever, whichever tight end goes to Indianapolis, oh man. That, that is a team that loves to feature tight ends. I know last year was last year was weird. They had a platoon of tight ends. They yeah. Trey Burton had a Yeah, I don't want to hear people. about Trey Burton. So anybody who's like, <laughs> the Colts are fine, they got he, Trey Burton. Get the fuck out of here with he Trey Burton. He came back. Yeah, he was like a phoenix. He it, that's true. He was reborn. That is true. But but him, <laughs> Mo Alley Cox, Jack Doyle, they all played around the same snap total. And I don't know if that's if that's just what the Colts do or if they're just like all three of these guys. But Mo Alley Cox had some potential. I know he's yeah. like seven foot seven, massive hands. Uh, you know, Ian Hardett says a seven seven. I believe Ian. That's the credible fantasy football. He's stashed right on many of my dynasty benches. Exactly. So if if Ian says he's seven seven, I believe him. But he's no Mo Ali Cox is no 
He's no Hunter Henry. I like that. Mo Ali Cox is no Hunter Henry. <laughs> let's like let's get him. But if if you are correct and it's Janu to the Colts and Hunter Henry to the Patriots, I still like that. Those are the two. Those two teams make sense. I saw right. I saw that the predicted average salary that Hunter Henry is probably going to get twelve million per year and Janu is going to be lower at nine million. I'm I sorry, I don't nine. have the I don't have the source right in front of me, but I'm sure if anyone wants to fact check me on that, if you Google that those numbers right there, you will find the article. And <laughs> both both teams that we think are going to get the two top tight ends, their top six in salary cap space. It 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 just it. It makes sense. It makes right. sense for those. Now, Kyle Rudolph, I wanted to add a couple of other teams that are interesting because I, I, I have the Seahawks as one of the teams I think I think he could go to. Now, the other two, one would be the Tennessee Titans. Mm, because that makes sense. They they have A.J. Brown, but they are likely going to lose Corey Davis and John U. Smith. Mm. And one of the major reasons that Kyle Rudolph was was released, like he actually he wanted to be released since because he said his involvement in the passing game had gone down significantly in Minnesota. And the Titans may not be the like the team he's hoping for where he runs a ton of routes because we saw it with John U, but the, the Titans have got to do something at tight end. I know they still have Anthony Ferkser. I think he's wow. one of those guys that's a better like NFL guy. Like He's going to make some mm. plays, but he doesn't excite me in, in right. fantasy. Uh, and with Rudolph, you, getting those 300, 400-yard seasons, it's probably what he's going to be. The other team is, a, is an interesting one because – when I've been talking about free agents, I like to look at the connections there. That's just, that's how the NFL business goes. Sometimes if it's not money, they're going to, to teams that have coaches that they're familiar with and the Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski, uh, that was the offense coordinator in, in Minnesota. And very true. And they have Austin Hooper, but we know Kevin Stefanski loves to utilize two tight ends. We saw a bunch of Harrison Bryant as a rookie. We I had know. a couple, a couple of performances where it was like, Oh wow, this rookie doesn't look too bad. A couple of other performances where it's like, Oh, that dang rookie. But the, the third tight end was David and Joku. And let's just say he is going to be gone. And Joku yeah. is enticing. He's very expensive. Did you know in Joku's salary, it's, it's right around 6 million uh, for 2021 he's in the top five for salary amongst tight ends and he's the third string tight end in, in cleveland behind harrison bryant behind austin hooper who's also ahead of david and joku in average salary he got he was the tight end that got the big money deal last hmm. year kyle rudolph i could see him taking a little bit smaller salary. he would definitely be cheaper than in so if you're the browns you move on you're not paying in Six million dollars. So you move on from Njoku, you bring in Rudolph, you still have Bryant there as your future, but you yeah. get a little bit out of I, I kind of like it. And he'd be he'd be good for leadership and all yeah. of that. I personally like Bryant. I I got him in, in some dynasty leagues as well. I'm just like, I just got another wait another couple of years and then we'll I'll be able to enjoy some Mr. Harrison <laughs> Bryant. Hopefully. But with that two tight end set, it's those three tight ends. That they may there may not be a, a fantasy football stud there, but for real life football, like the, it's going to work out well. They're all going to yeah. keep each other healthy, kind of rotate. It's going to work in the two tight end system that Kevin Stefanski loves to utilize. Mm-hmm. All right, 
That was great stuff, man. That was great stuff. We did it. We're currently still under an hour. We haven't been cut off yet. So I suppose we should work on ending this tea party. And next week, I hope you will join me again, Mr. Aaron, so we can talk uh, some results of the free agency. Get a little bit in on that and maybe look ahead to the draft. So you are more than welcome to come back next week, sir. Perfect. I will gladly take you up on that offer because I feel like we have to go back. Well, we'll have to look at our predictions and, you know, see and, and watch as we're just 100 percent correct. Like that's that, just that would how be good fucking fantastic. That's- I know. I know. I, uh, I, I I believe it was you who mentioned a crystal ball one time. And uh, I, I like I said, I do feel at times a little bit wizard ish. So uh, we'll see how it goes. But uh, definitely. And so make sure you're checking out Aaron's stuff on Twitter. A.A. Ron Stewart. Oh, nine. Right. Well, I'm going to correct it real quick. It's Aaron Stu S T E W. Not my, not my full last name. That's so Aaron right. Stu zero nine on Twitter. If you follow me, it's, it's a mixed bag there. Sometimes you'll get some great data analysis. Other times I'm just being a smart ass, but <laughs> I, I got something for everyone there. I, there you go. I, I would follow me. <laughs> right. <laughs> He is a good follow. I love following Aaron. I suggest many, all of you do it. Please do. And hopefully he's going to keep coming back on and we're going to have a good time talking all this good fantasy stuff. And free agency, I really am a fan of the offseason. I love, you know, roster maintenance and and free agency and building up to the draft. I love all that stuff. Sometimes in the season I get a little bored. I'm like, this is the same thing over and over, just setting lineups and whatnot. And, like, I kind of miss the crazy stuff, you know? like (laughs) Uh, Same, same. I started off a big fan of the NBA, and I love the roster roster movement. Mm. And and the the things that people will will see from me uh, on Player Profiler is I've got a series – uh, transaction implications where I'm going to be looking at these contracts that signed and I'm going to be looking into my crystal ball. I'm going to be telling you the guys that you need to be getting now because looking ahead 2022 and beyond, I'm, these are the guys I'm looking at. You know, we mentioned Kyle Rudolph's cut. I, I know people aren't going to believe me. I don't have Twitter receipts because I wasn't really active on Twitter, but when he signed that extension way back <coughs> After they drafted Irv Smith, I said, I looked at the contract. I said, this, this year, 2021 offseason, is when they're going to move on from him. And that allowed me to not miss on Irv Smith mm-hmm. in my dynasty rookie drafts. And now, in 2021, I'm a proud owner of Irv Smith as part of my my uh, tight end options for my there team. There you go. That's very good. Very good. I love it, man. I love it, man. I got, it. I got him on quite a few rosters myself. And speaking of the NBA, we got March Madness coming up. All sorts of good stuff. The BattleBots. I don't know if you like BattleBots. I love BattleBots. That tournament just ended. New Japan Cup Pro. There's all sorts of good stuff happening on TV right now. I don't know if you watched any of the NBA. We talked a little NBA last night, actually. (laughs) But the All-Star game recently. The dunk contest. That's just a shame what that's turned into. <laughs> I didn't even but, catch it, but I I think it would make me sad if I watched it because it's just not what it what it used to be. It's, it's not what it was, but I tell you what, the three point contest still kicks ass, and I I tune in every year just for that because that nice. is still awesome. 
And this year it was like, can anybody beat fucking Steph Curry? Well, God damn it, Mike Conley almost did. <laughs> it was close. Oh, the, old, the old veteran there. I yep. love it. First all-star appearance. And it, yeah, he, he went overdue. first. Yes, yeah, way long, long. Yeah, dude. I, it's, I've it's spent ridiculous. some time living in Memphis. He, oh, yeah, shit. Like, yeah. It's, it, it, that is a guy that I can't believe that it took of this long for him to be an all-star. Right. Absolutely I love Mike crazy. Conley. Yeah. yeah. Blast to watch. But all right, we're going to wrap up this tea party, get the hell out of here. And I want to thank Aaron once again for joining. And hopefully we see you again next week. Well, thank you for having me, and I'm sure you will. Of course. And, hey, Madcaps, tune in next week for me and Aaron discussing the post-free agency happenings and what's going on, results, our, our 100% predictions and all of that, because we're, we're going to nail all this shit. <laughs> and I'm going to go get some food and sleep before I lose my damn mind. And, hey, we're going to get the hell on out of here. Sound good, Aaron? Yeah, absolutely. All right. All right. Man, so Everybody. We kept that under an hour. Holy crap. Yeah, we did. We somehow did. Holy. <laughs> that, that was awesome. Hell yeah. All right, everybody. I was like, oh, I, I thought I thought we were going too long. And I was like, oh, no, I got I to gotta stop rambling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we're good, dude. We're good, dude. All right, Madcaps. As always, much love. Stay safe, vigilant, and mad. Have a great weekend until we chat again. Laters! Great work, Aaron! Awesome, awesome. That was exciting. Sorry, I thought we were doing that after. I was like, oh man, we're off the... <laughs> nope, we're still on now, but keep it going. Oh, we're still... <laughs> Freaking love it. I love it. Live.